everybody. This is the Flock and Gathers podcast. It's 18 minutes to the Spa and Wellness channel. Hi, it's Alan Sher. I'm your host. I run the Spa Industry Association. I'm going cross country to Deerfield Beach, Florida today. I call him a friend first. We've been in the business a long time, but uh, David Bremer is my friend. He is the sales manager at Bocateri Robes, and he has years and years as a spa director. I know you look on all those fondly, David. How are you yep. this morning? Very great to see you, Alan. You too. And before I forget, you'll make sure you pass my regards on to your beautiful wife, Kimberly, and, and hope all is well in your part of the world. Absolutely. Um, and I'm coming over to Florida. I just don't know when, but right now it's 70 and sunny in Phoenix, so it's hard to want to go anywhere. Oh, it's been chilly here. It's, uh, it got down to 40, believe it or not, uh, just over this past weekend. You know, it's funny. The news cannot show enough of the, not lizards, what are the iguanas falling out of the trees. Yes, we had a couple in our backyard. And do they just lay there? They don't get hurt. They just lay there until they warm up, right? It, they do. It depends on how far they fall out of the palm trees. But yeah, they just lay there. And once they warm up, uh, they disappear. So don't do anything to them. Don't help them. Don't just leave them, right? Oh, absolutely. No, some people you hear about people bringing them into their house or into the garage to warm up. And next thing they know, they have an iguana running around. Yeah, I mean, they're still <laughs> wild animals, right? Do people forget that? <laughs> uh, they do. They do. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're beautiful creatures that are just invasive to Florida and, and they don't belong here. They kind of harm the native wildlife. And, um, you know, if we could get rid of them, we would, but uh, they're here to stay, I think. Well, it's interesting. You think with all of them laying uh, half dead on the ground, this would be a time to trim the population, if you will. But I'm yes. sure there's environmental and animal rules and laws about all that stuff these days. So absolutely. And the, the iguanas get quite large. I mean, uh, some of them are, you know, four feet long. So uh, I wouldn't want to go near them. No, me neither. Hey, I want to talk to you about um, all the things going on in the in the spot channel today on the very positive end, as you know, business is busy, people yes. are buying. Yes, there's ups and downs and the vagaries of the virus and everything else going on. But I mean, I gotta tell you, I'm going for a massage this afternoon. I had to book it three weeks ago. You know, wow. you can't just go over and say, hey, I wanna get a massage today. I mean, people are busy. That's great. And it's keeping us busy too uh, here at Boca Terry with, with sales. I mean, we're back to really 2019, uh, the volume. And, you know, I think we covered the, the shipping challenges that we've had, but, um, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about just contingency planning and, and making sure that you establish those relationships with, uh, you know, vendors and multiple vendors within the same industry. So you can react and can be supplied uh, throughout this entire time. Okay, so let's talk about that for a, a, uh, a moment, David, because I think you bring up a really um, interesting point, which is relationships with vendors don't come on the back end, they come on the front end, correct? Absolutely, yes. Okay, yes. so when you say form a relationship with vendor, what should that look like for a spa manager, director? What should they be doing? I think when the, you know, they get the email, maybe a cold email and maybe something that you've had a discussion with, uh, just reply to that and, and build that relationship with a direct contact um, and let them know, you know, right off the bat, you know, I'm not in the market right now, but I will keep you in mind and keep their contact information. Um, 
you know, if they're going in a different direction, uh, you know, let the, let the vendor know, hey, you know, I'll, I'll keep you in mind again for the future if anything changes and just keep them kind of in your Rolodex, if you will, and, and uh, answer that email just so you have a connection. I like that. So build relationships on the front ends, even when you're not purchasing today. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and multiples. Nice. <laughs> and yes. <laughs> and multiple, you know, multiple vendors from the same, uh, uh, you know, same need. If you need Terry, if you need skincare, if you need robes, um, you know, anything that you may need at the spa, have relationships with multiple vendors. Yeah. David, from all your days as a spa director, I always remember, I mean, one of the things you love to key in and was operations and backup operations, because we, as someone said to me the other day, I'm short for people. Donna was supposed to come in to run the front desk, but she's out with the kids today. Um, in room three, the electric table doesn't work and the fridge is leaking. <laughs> right? Yeah. Welcome to the life of a spa director. I think all of those being electrician, a plumber, uh, uh, IT specialists, you know, I've talked to so many uh, spa directors and managers these days who have spent so much time at the front desk and refined those skills that they maybe lost years ago, uh, you know, up at the front desk and knowing how to do a little of everything. But I think part of that too is when you do an onboarding with your other staff, make sure they're just as well trained as, you know, yourself, at least on the surface level, that they could you know, you have a therapist that could open the front desk and greet the guests and have them take a seat. And, you know, rather than waiting in back for that front desk, per, your uh, backup to get in a half hour late. You know, uh, you bring up another point that reminds me back in the days when I was running New Life Systems and Lotus Touch, we used to say we had 42 employees, but we used to say even the guys in the warehouse can answer the phone and take an order. Now, it never really got to that point because we had 18 people on the telephone. So there was always someone around. Wow. But the point was, well, and I'm going to add one more thing to that. The point was people have to wear 12 hats today, right? I mean, you just can't say this is my one job. This is what I do. People have to be flexible, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. We had, uh, unfortunately, you know, we had uh, some individuals out for a week and it was the main individual who inputted the orders, their backup went out and then their backup backup went out. So yeah, we had to kind of go down four levels uh, to enter order, take payments and get things out the door. Oh my God. I remember that while the phone's ringing and UPS is knocking and everything else, right? Yes. Yes. Exactly. I wanted to say one last thing. It used to surprise people back when we had the warehouse up in Minneapolis. Um, we had a a uh, team that came in and cleaned the bathrooms. It was the one thing that I just people didn't want. No one argued about vacuuming or sweeping the warehouse and stuff. The but bathrooms bothered people. So we used to have a team in, but once a month, Alan used to clean the bathrooms. <laughs> and I, you were I the did team. it for a very profound reason, which is reminding staff that everyone from the top down does stuff when asked or called upon in our um, business. And now, you know, Mrs. Sherry cleans the bathrooms here, but I vacuum the house. So <laughs> I still have a duty uh, that I, um, I don't student. I'm still on cleaning detail 33 years later. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, I, I get away with doing most of the cooking. Yeah, actually, thank God I'm married to a woman who can cook like the wind. I can clean. I'm really good at cleaning, but she's the cook. The only thing I make are scrambled eggs with cheese. Past that, um, no. And on the grill, we cook a bronzino and salmon and stuff on the grill. So I'm good on at that part too. David, um, this came up the other day as well when one of the spa directors said to me, just musing because she had gotten in a case of some uh, lotion for massage and was commenting on how ridiculously expensive it is to ship product. It doesn't matter if it's UPS, FedEx, it doesn't matter who it is today. Like the cost, a, a 40 pound box of four lotions, you know, used to be able to get it for 18 or 22 or $26 to your place. It's like 50 bucks now to ship four gallons. And no one looks at the price of a gallon and says, wait, it cost me another 12 and a half dollars per gallon to get wow. it here. And I, the spa director, she was musing to me how she goes, we're going to get through the virus. This is all going to be done. We'll move on. It'll be like another yearly flu. But she goes, I'm pretty positive that freight rates won't come down after this happens. What say you? Oh, absolutely. I agree with her 100%. It's, it's here to stay. You know, it's hard to, you know, raise rates and then bring them back down. So all along the supply chain from shipping containers to uh, FedEx, it's just getting more expensive. And I don't see it lowering at any time. You know, some of the futures like cotton price prices, things like that will fluctuate, but not, I don't think shipping will. Well, and I hope oil will, because I saw it was back up as we speak. It's back up to $90 a barrel now. And, you know, when it, a few months ago when it got down, you know, in the 70s, I thought, oh, good. It's, you know, had a gas prices started tweaking down a little. And then all of a sudden, boom, gas at my local pumps back up 30 cents a gallon over, over what it was. So part of in your contingency planning, certainly when you were a spa director and here at Boca Terry, you got to kind of be a good seer, S-E-E-R, a seer, right? Up the road about what should I be doing when? How do I manage this? I mean, honestly, I suggested to this director, she maybe needed to look at a six-month supply and figure out whether it was cheaper to get a pallet load in by truck and where do they have a place to put it? And, you know, does it lower your costs a lot, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, uh, going actually going custom can lower your cost because you're you know order making an order for just your items. Uh, it's taking us let's say 16 weeks rather than 12 before. But if you're planning out that six to nine months or even a year, you can lower the costs uh, through shipping and also the the product the products themselves. Yeah, do you think that um, in the course of well, you guys deal with robes and sheets and and linens and all that stuff, but everything has weight. You know, you don't feel the weight of a robe necessarily when you put it on, but when it's flat packed and there's a hundred and twenty of them, it's heavy. That's it's heavy. And yeah. actually, you know, you kind of expect it on those heavy items, but shipping slippers, surprisingly enough, that's very expensive for the items because they're so light. Yeah. but they're bulky. So you have a large dimension and a very lightweight. Yeah. So how do you, how, as a director of a spa, how should they plan six months up the road? Keeping in mind, cash is always king, right? So for a lot of facilities, it's not like they're sitting with an extra hundred grand just running through their monthly checkbook where they can think about doing large 
purchases, does this go back to um, vendor relations and planning with your vendors? And Absolutely, yes. Uh, for example, you know, we have uh, somebody who ordered 2,000 slippers and we're doing 500 a month over the next four months, but we don't actually charge them until it ships. We don't take payment up front. So when it ships is when payment, and then if they're on terms, they have 30 days. Right. So you can spread that out over that time. Yeah. So maybe it's one of those things where you want to talk to your vendors and say, this is kind of what my year looks like. Here's, here's are my needs. And maybe just ask the vendor, can you put it in a plan for me? What does it look like? I'll commit for the year. What does my plan look like? Yeah. Sometimes right. just that commitment uh, doesn't require payment up front. Yeah. God, I would, wouldn't we love that if more people in our industry could plan that way? It doesn't always seem that way. Um, I wanted to tell you, I just was at a gift market in, um, in uh, Las Vegas. In fact, for my listeners, if you are in the spa channel in any way or form and you buy retail, and I hope you do because retail kept everybody alive during the, the uh, pandemic, you need to make at least one trip a year either to a Las Vegas market or America's uh, market in Atlanta. Those are the two big ones. There's also New York now and Dallas market and a few others, but America's, America's Mart in Atlanta and Las Vegas market in Las Vegas. And you should reach out to me at the Spa Industry Association. I can help get you uh, organized for that. Going there for front of the house retail, bar none is the single best place of any of the shows. And you know, I told you, David, before we started talking, I have 16 trade shows on my calendar. Wow. Uh, this year. So I was just at market. So I'm, they don't share the numbers, but I'm going to guess attendance was down a third. Okay. But that being said, every single vendor I talked to was happy. Why? because the people showing up at market were all buyers and buying and placing orders. And I had several of the vendors tell me that buyers came in and they wanted to place order for the things they stock regularly. And they're telling them we're out of those. And they go, okay, no matter, tell me what's in inventory that you're going to be able to ship me over the next two, three months. And that's the stuff I'm going to buy. So people were purchasing, buyers were purchasing outside maybe of their initial comfort zone, but recognizing they were going to take delivery on it. Yep. We see the same thing. You know, if somebody calls up for a waffle and we happen to have maybe a four week delivery on that, they see what else do you have? You know, they're open to suggestions and, and, uh, and purchasing items that they maybe not, would not have before. Uh, which which helps us keep moving inventory as well. Yeah, I always remind people to it at gift when you go to gift market. There's always a section called cash and carry. You just buy it today. It doesn't mean they're going to have it tomorrow or next week or next month, but buy it today. There are a lot of things that people could purchase that you can put in your in your miscellaneous area or build a display on of cash and carry stuff where you might be looking at two or three or four or five or ten times markup. So there's a good a reason for that. But David, you bring up a good point with robes and linens, which is maybe the buyer should start asking first, what's in inventory I can take delivery on in 30 days? Yes. Right. Yes. Because and that would be helpful to filling your, and I think sometimes what happens, I want you to comment one more thing. I think sometimes if you're a buyer 
and you try something outside your comfort zone, you get surprised and you go, holy crap, people totally love that stuff. And I would have never thought about buying it. Oh, absolutely. And when I was a spa director, you know, I wouldn't say I have great fashion tastes. I can dress a mannequin, but, uh, <laughs> you know, who's going to do the buying? You know, I always talked to our buyer and said, you know, buy, you know, look for things that are, are trendy and people are going to buy and be, a, you know, a, a trendsetter. Don't take my opinion because I'm going to say I don't like that, but that doesn't mean somebody's not going to buy it. Right. There's so many tastes and opinions out there. You, you have to be open to everything. Right. Sometimes we, we have to for, remember we're not buying for ourselves. Right. Yeah, I right. got it. Yeah. Um, wow. I've been speaking with uh, David Bremer, a longtime friend today. He's down in Deerfield Beach, uh, Florida. He is the sales manager at Bocatary Robes, but he also has a ton of experience and years as a, a spa director. So re what's the website, David? How do they reach you? Actually at bocaterry.com uh, and my email is david at bocaterry.com. Oh my God, that's so very easy. We talked about contingency planning today. We talked about backup operations. We talked at, probably on the top of my list would be having multiple vendor relationships, even with vendors you're not quite purchasing from at the very moment. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. All right. People reach out to David. It's bocaterry.com or david at bocaterry.com. Uh, my brother, I always love chat with you. I always learn stuff and I can't wait to be together again. Well, it's been a pleasure talking with you and let's stay in touch. I love your, your, uh, the podcast and also uh, keep posting. I love watching those at the, uh, <laughs> the shows at where you're traveling. Awesome. We'll do, well, I'm headed to uh, glow. Joyce Jameson does global spawn beauty at the montage in Palmetto bluff in February. And then mm -hmm. I E C S C in New York city in March, one of my favorite shows. So I'll look forward to seeing you soon. Excellent. Thank you for having Thank me on. You're welcome. And friends, remember, please be kind to one another.